needs one. These are the devotionals um, uh, for this, these three sessions that we're going to be going through. And so we are starting the first one tonight. And it has to do, of course, with, um, with the idea of our hiding place. That's one of the places, or that's one of the reasons I sang that song tonight. I thank God that we have places that we can go that we can literally shut a door and we can just say, God, it's just you and me and, and now and that type of thing. And, and hopefully through these series of lessons, we will learn these things in Jesus' name. Praise God. Has anybody here, did anybody, this is a loaded question, is anybody as old as I am, did you have to read The Death of a Salesman? Anybody here in school, did you ever have to read that, that book? Arthur Miller was the guy that wrote it. And um, anybody? Man, I'm telling you, I'm feeling my age. It was one of those books where it was. It was a book that, that was a classic and, and um, worldly book, but it was a classic. And it was called The Death of a Salesman. And, and it's, it was made into a play, I think, a couple of different times and, and, and that type of thing. And let me just give you the background of this so that you know. Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller was or is considered... Uh, one of the best uh, American plays ever produced. It has been adopted into film twice, once in 1951 and again in 1985. The play occurs during the last 24 hours of a man named Willie Loman's life. And Willie is an old failing salesman living in New York City in the late 1940s and during the course of the play he is eventually fired from his sales job due to underperformance and during his last 24 hours, um, uh, he recounts several different memories from his family and, and things of that nature. He remembered the times when a uh, sales job was lucrative and, and things of that nature. And so uh, Willie spent his day remembering his usefulness, and he remembered being loved, helped, and respected by so many people as a traveling salesman. He remembered being the one who could close an important sale, he remembered the high commission dollars. He remembered his goal of being like his older brother who became a diamond tycoon after a lucrative discovery in Africa. Willie believed that one more sale could be his big break, yet the big sale really never ever came. Um, Willie uh, wanted money to affirm his worth because he could not see any intrinsic worth in himself. And in an act of desperation, he remembered having a life insurance policy for $20,000. And since his value was only in what money he could make, he decided to take his own life. And through an intentional um, car wreck, and that's what happened, and his life insurance payout would become his last commission. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, that was the book, I mean, and, and I remember it. I, I remember we had to read it, and, and, and it really did have a strong signal that it sent, that, you know, life is about what you have, life is about what you gain, and, and so on and so forth. Siskarna, and you weren't in here, but uh, did you have to read in school? Did you have to read The, um, the Death of a Salesman? Boy, yeah, I feel so old. And I, but um, it, it just was one of those classics, and... Um, uh, on the final scene of the, of the death of a salesman, the Loman family are gathered around their father's casket, and, and his son, Biff, makes two iconic statements regarding his father, and this is what I want to leave you with, with this portion of it. The first is, he had the wrong dreams. That's what his, his son, that was the observation that his son had about his dad's life. 
that life was just about money and life was about all the things that you could gain and, and, and that type of thing. And the other observation that his son had was my father never knew who he really was. And so um, obviously nobody here has read the book, so I'm just, you know, I'm the only one that can really make sense out of this reading, literally, because I, I, know, I know what he's talking about there. But obviously, you know, um, you know, let me just kind of bring it back to where we need to go. To avoid tragedy and hopelessness, we can internalize things that facilitate our physical, mental, and mental and spiritual well-being and growth. But for Christians, everybody say, I am a Christian. You know, one way that this can be done is by literally hiding God's word in our heart. That's the thing that makes the difference. That's what brings our self-worth. That's what gives us purpose in life when everything else is gone in Jesus' name. And so um, having dropped the watermelon here, literally, because nobody has ever read that book, so nobody can make sense out of the last five minutes that I've talked here, let's get on to something that you can make sense on, okay? Let me ask the question. What is something that people do to make themselves feel better? Eat ice cream, yeah. I think that's a good idea. Chocolate? Yeah. Is there anybody in here that when you eat ice cream you don't feel better? Okay, good. I'm in the right classroom then, okay? That's good. How about something else? What do people do to make themselves feel good? <laughs> that's a private joke too that's just like death of a salesman but uh, we knew somebody Sister Carnahan and I knew somebody that that's what they did they literally did when they felt bad they went out and bought desks and um, we remind ourselves of that and I've only got one desk at my house okay so that's it but anybody else you care to take a stab at that what is that bro exercise Exer oh that's I, I will agree with that one yeah I feel better when I, when I exercise don't have any exercisers over here or what no I'm just kidding um, I think holding a baby has got the top honor tonight. Come on, everybody look back there. And I, my goodness, how can you resist that? That is, uh, that is tremendous. Yes. I bet you he is going to read the death of a salesman someday, isn't he? Yeah, he'll come and he'll say, Brother Carnahan, I know what you're talking about. But um, nevertheless, you know, we do. We, we have a tendency sometimes to do things that make us feel good, and that's not necessarily all bad, but we have to be careful that we, um, you know, that we put the right ingredients in, in Jesus' name. Tonight we're going to be talking about hiding God's word in our heart. And there's two things, two points that we're going to try to get across here tonight. The first thing is, is we want to talk about that believers need to know God's word. That's a duh, right? I mean, you can't give out what you don't have. There's no question about that. And so we'll talk about that. I'm going to give you a pair of scriptures here that will help support that fact. And hopefully with hiding God's word in our heart, it will begin by us knowing God's word. The second thing we're going to talk about um, in our limited time here is that God's word does really literally teach us how to live. God has given us a manual. He's given us a, a, a pathway. He's given us a... Um, a way in which we can um, r literally get through this life. And really, if you come down to it, and I don't want to sound pessimistic, that's really what you and I are doing, okay? I hope that there's nobody here that's putting all your eggs in this basket down here. 
That would be a mistake. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't care. I'm not saying you shouldn't try hard. I'm not saying that you shouldn't make tremendous efforts. But the bottom line is we're just passing through here, folks. Come on, our home is not here. Our permanent home is going to be with God. We're going to get in the rapture here, praise God. When all of this is set, and I don't know why this is doing that, brother, but it did it on Sunday morning too. So, um, Oh, they couldn't hear me online? Well, then maybe I can turn down some of these monitors then. Maybe that's what's doing it. Okay, I'm going to try to make that effort. Praise God. Turn them all off, Carnahan. There. Hopefully that'll help. Is this too irritating? Is it too loud for you guys? Well, I can't do anything about that. So let's talk to that expensive, um, uh, uh, expensive sound man that we have back there that we're paying all this huge salary for. You know, my goodness. Yes. Well, let's get some connection here, okay? Um, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. And I'm sure most of you or many of you have heard this. If you're online with us tonight, we're, we're talking, I don't know what it is, Karen. I can't do anything about it, so you're going to have to fix it from back there. Um, but uh, first, or 2 Timothy chapter number 3, praise God, gives us some interesting insights. And you understand that, um, that uh, our brother Timothy here is a third generation. And so he had grandparents and he had parents that lived for God. And I'm thankful for that. But here's the advice that Paul gave this man. Look at 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 14. The Bible says there, it says, but continue. Everybody say continue. All right. It says, thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, we're talking about God's word now, and we're talking about knowing God's word. And then it goes on to say, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Never forget that, folks. Come on, all of you are battling on a, day's, uh, a daily basis of keeping your faith strong. That's a good fight to keep up. Come on, don't ever grow weary in that well-doing because faith is the thing that God really can connect with, okay? And so this is what the man of God is telling him is that this stuff all came because of that. But look at verse 16. Everybody say all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness so that the man of God may be perfect, Thoroughly furnished unto all good works, praise God. And so we understand that the Bible, now when you look at this King James Version Bible that I read out of all, all the time or most of the time, we understand that this is not a direct interpretation of God's original word. It is not, folks. It doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. That's one of the reasons why I study the Greek. That's one of the reasons why I study Hebrew. It's not that I'm trying to become an expert, but those kind of versions or those kinds of, of words clarify things a whole lot more than the King James Version Bible. Now, I think the King James Version Bible is a good one. Don't misunderstand me, and I'll continue to use it, but I understand that it's just a, an interpretation. Actually, it was interpreted from the Latin Vulgate. That's where they got it. You know, William Tisdale, I think, was the guy's name, and he was the one that, in, that, that, that um, 
um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Translated, that's the word I'm looking for. He's the one that translated, I think, from the, from the Latin Vulgate to the English Bible. And of course, we understand that the, the, the world at that time had a hard time with that. I mean, literally, nobody really kind of wanted that to happen. But then later on, after it happened, there were a whole lot of people that were happy that it did. Doesn't that sound like the world you live in? Yeah, try to figure that one out, yeah. But the bottom line is, folks, we understand that even though we do not have a direct interpretation of God's Bible, we have the inspired word. Come on, how many have ever had God's word inspire them? Come on, that's good. Keep that up. Keep doing that, praise God. That's one of the ways that you're going to know God's word. Praise God. God begins to put things into your mind and my mind. Not that he's, he's inhabiting our, our free will, but he's using that process, praise God, to help us to get to know it. And so you and I, we know that the entire Bible is inspired. Can somebody say amen? Praise God. Another thing that, that, that sometimes people struggle with is the fact that the Old Testament is not relevant. That is not true. The Old Testament is still a good schoolmaster. Praise God. It's a good way for you and I to understand, you know, that direct approach that God had for, with people and that type of thing. And so you and I, we aren't spinning our wheels when you go through the entire Bible. That's one of the reasons why I personally like the Search for Truth Bible study is because it begins in the Old Testament. Amen. It's hard to have faith in a God that can move mountains when you don't know where it all came from. And that's why I love the story of creation. Praise God, I really do. And these are stories that literally I try to hide in my heart. That's what I try to do, praise God. Because these are the things that's going to that's bring relevance, praise God, to my life with God in Jesus' name. And so all of these things are very, very relevant. Let me give you another group of scriptures here. And look at uh, 2 Timothy, or not Timothy, but 2 Peter. 2 Peter, chapter number 1. 2 Peter Chapter number one, praise God. Bible says, and I'm going to start reading in verse number 16. And we're talking about hiding the word of God in our hearts. And one of the ways that we do that is we begin to know God's word. We study it. We, we're reading it. We're constantly marinating our minds with God's word. Praise God. Can somebody that's doing that say amen? Amen. Good, good. I'm in the right place. The Bible says in verse 16, I'm in 2 Peter chapter number 1. It says, For we have not followed cunning, cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. How many would have liked to have been there when Jesus Christ went up into heaven bodily? I would have too. I think that's great. And so we understand that really um, a lot of our New Testament uh, is that. It came from people who were eyewitnesses. They saw the things that they talked about, okay? And I think that's a good deal. It says, for he, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. Now he's referring to Jesus here. When there came such a voice to him from the, the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then he goes on to say in verse 18, And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Anybody ever read about that in the Gospels? 
That's a neat story. It really is. I'd have liked to have been there on that mountain. And it goes on to say, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Please don't ever forget that. Prophecy, praise God, that comes from God is going to come to pass. Amen. There's been groups, and I could name them tonight. It wouldn't do us much good, but I could name groups that have been trying to predict the second coming of the Lord for about 200 or 300 years. And man, they've missed it bad. And I'm not here to rub their face in it. I'm just saying that you and I, we can believe the prophecy that comes forth from this scripture. Praise God. And we can take it to the spiritual bank. And then it says, Wherefore or whereunto ye do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Somebody say amen. Knowing this first, look at verse 20 here. It says that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Please don't forget that. Amen. As much criticism as we find in God's word today, we understand, praise God, man didn't come up with this. This is something that was passed on down. And it's going to be, and it's, and it's continually being verified, praise God. If you remember your Search for Truth Bible study, you're going to find out that there were, you know, several things that validate God's word. We're not, we don't have to be afraid of science. We don't have to be afraid of archaeology. We don't have to be afraid of prophecy. Those are just three of several that we can go back to and we can say, man, this stuff is happening, praise God. And God, when he said it would happen, it did in Jesus' name. So that can give you confidence. Come on, we need to have confidence when we read God's word. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about confidence because the Bible says that none of this stuff is of any private interpretation. But it says in verse 21, it says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I don't know if you guys do this or not, but every time I go through Exodus, almost every time I go through that, I think, my goodness, Moses must have had a good memory. I mean, come on. He had the pattern of the tabernacle. He had all of these things that were supposed to happen. And my goodness, I can't even remember what I had for, for dinner this afternoon. You know, and my, this is my opinion, I believe that God anointed his mind. I believe those things happen, praise God. That's why he was able to put together the scriptures. In fact, the first five books, which is called the, um, the Shema, I think, or, or it's also called, what's that other word that is called? Pentitude? Yeah, Pentateuch? Tuk. Tuk or Tuk, you know, <laughs> take your pick. But the bottom line is, folks, he's the one that, that authored those books. And so we must understand, it took an act of God for that to happen. The other thing is that you ever thought about this? How many volumes and volumes of history and man's writing has been completely forgotten? But man, this thing that you and I, we call the Bible, praise God, has been here, it's been there, praise God, and it's here to stay, praise God. What do you say we take about 10 seconds, lift up our hands and thank God for his word? Come on, I'm telling you, you and I are blessed people. We are blessed people. Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. And so just to recap here, believers, you and I, we need to know God's word. We need to understand that the Bible is inspired. Praise God. God inspired it in Jesus' name. And then we must understand the entire Bible 
is, is worthy of yours and my time, praise God. The last two things we'll talk about in this section here is that first of, all, first of all, the New Testament is important for your spiritual growth. Again, I'm, I'm trying to um, um, uh, sow the seeds of hiding this word in your heart, praise God. If you want to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you that can happen. You can make that happen in the name of Jesus. Okay, let me ask another opinion poll here. What's your favorite uh, book in the Old Testament to read? Favorite book right here, you guys. Genesis. Genesis, you like Genesis? It's an easy one to find, isn't it? It is. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else got an opinion? Easy, your, the book that you like to read in the Old Testament. Daniel, that's a good one too. Yeah, interesting. First and Second Samuel. Why is that? That's kind of unusual. Some really interesting stories in there with Samuel, Saul, David. Lots of interesting characters, isn't there? Yeah. We really can all relate to them. There you go. I think he's made one of the most valuable points all night here. Is that we can relate to these guys. Yeah, they weren't driving, you know, 2017 Jeep Grand Cherokees. You know, they weren't, you know, um, they weren't in air-conditioned buildings and things of that nature. But, man, they live life just like you and I. Sister Carnahan. The Book of Ruth. Yeah. You've got to like Ruth, right? Ruth's one of these, one of these um, um, people that she wasn't supposed to make it. But boy, did she make it in Jesus' name. Gives us all hope, doesn't it? Anybody else want to throw out one of their favorite books in the Old Testament? Oh, reluctant, aren't you? Yeah, we're writing this down, you know. We got this all recorded, so we're going to hold you to it. You like Proverbs? Who said that? Proverbs? Yeah. I mean, come on, folks. We got a lot of good reading material there. And that's why you had Psalms. I mean, that's another one you can pray through. I mean, there's just so much there, so many valuable things. And I think that God wants to help us, you know, to go through it all and to absorb as much as we can, praise God. And so what we have to do is we have to make a conscience decision at times that, listen, I'm going to hide this stuff in my heart. I'm going to make sure that this stuff gets put in a place where it's easily accessible, praise God, that when God wants to begin to speak to me about his word, he can do that in Jesus' name. Now, let's talk about number two here. Let's talk about how God's word teaches us how to live, okay? Let me read this. The primary focus of, of the Bible is twofold. It's probably more than that, but let's just talk about two things here. First, it is the revelation of a relational God through the narrative of Scripture. You ever thought about that? That God is revealing himself to you through the Scripture. Come on, can somebody say amen? amen. Second of all, it, it reveals the life of faith to those following Jesus and aids them to practice their faith through daily living. How many have ever had the Word of God help them through some daily trials? Come on, I'm telling you folks, I, I understand this is not real deep tonight, but the bottom line here is, is that this is what we need. We need a hiding place. We need a place that we can go, that we can slam the door to all the problems and all the situations that are happening all around us for a time, and we can begin to marinate, and we can begin to uh, absorb the things that God has for us in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I love reading that 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation. I love reading that. I love reading the 21st chapter when it talks about New Jerusalem coming down, where there's going to be no tears, where there's going to be no more crying, no more bad things happening. I'm telling you folks, if that can inspire you, you're in real trouble in Jesus' name. And so you and I, we have the scriptures, praise God, as the, as the Bible says. The Bible says that Paul told Timothy that all scripture, everybody say all, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God will be thoroughly furnished unto all good works, praise God. And then we understand that the word of God is divinely inspired. These guys, man, had to have, have somebody in their, in, on their corner, praise God, that was able to help them to, to write all of this down in Jesus' name. Jeremy, do you have that, uh, that video ready? Why don't you go ahead and play that? The Bible is a wonderful gift that God has given to us, His eternal Word to help us live our lives in ways that please Him. Uh, we do have sometimes struggle with trying to understand the Bible, trying to understand the concepts of the Bible and make sure that we're doing it correctly. I think there are two things that will help us grasp the meaning of the Bible correctly. The first is to understand that meaning comes from context. Words don't mean anything by themselves. Neither do sentences. The context of a word in a sentence helps us understand the meaning of the word and the context of a sentence in a paragraph helps us understand what the sentence means. So the first thing we need to make sure is that we get the context right. The second thing that we need to do is understand genre. Genre is the kind of writing in the Bible. Is it poetry? Is it narrative? Is it a teaching passage? If, if context helps us understand what something means, uh, genre helps us understand how something means. So uh, we need to pay attention to the genre of Scripture as well as the context of Scripture. Those two keys will help us more correctly understand and interpret the Bible. So again, let's, let's recap here. We're talking about God's Word teaching us how to live, that type of thing, and it will, you know, and that it, it is because the Word will reveal to us who God is. You know, one of the problems, or I should say, go back to the story that nobody in this room has read, but I have, the death of a salesman, you know? The comment that the son made was that he just had the wrong goals. He had the wrong ideas in life. And this was an observation from an entire lifetime. You know, and I understand not reading the book puts you at a disadvantage, but I, it makes sense to me. Here's this guy that all he had in life was what he could gain, you know. And then when it came right down to it, that really wasn't the thing that was important praise God. And so you and I, we can rest assured that the Word of God is able to, to help us with that. Now let me, give you, let me give you some scripture here tonight that will support what I'm talking about here, okay? Turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. And of course this is Moses again. He's talking about certain things that need to happen to the children of Israel when they enter into the promised land and, and, and so on and so forth. But uh, he gives some, some definite instruction here that I want you to see. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. And this is common. These scriptures that I'm giving you are commonly called the Shema. This is what the Jews would call them, is the Shema. And this is extremely important to the, to the Orthodox Jew. And I think after we get done reading this, I think you're going to know why. 
Now look at this. The Bible says, now these, I'm in verse number one, six and one. This is Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy six and one. It says, now these are the commandments. It says, the statures and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. Now catch the scene here. They're, they're in the process of going to the promised land. And that land is, is, was described in one, in one place as a land of milk and honey. But what would it do, uh, what value would that land have as great as it was if they weren't still following God? Now think about that with your own life. Amen. And that's why you can, you can get up in the morning and you can thank God for the blessings that he has put in your life. Amen. Commandments are not a bad thing. Commandments are protection. And this is what the Lord is reiterating here. It goes on to say, it says in verse number two, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God and to keep all his statures and, and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. It goes on to say, hear therefore, O Israel, and observe. Everybody say observe. It says to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that, they, that, that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. And then he goes on to say in verse number four, Hear, O Israel. How many one God people do we have in this room? Come on, look at this. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Have you ever, have you thanked God lately for the revelation of the oneness of God? Come on, can you really realize how many people can really get this thing confused when they're trying to find a trinity, when they're trying to find a God that's split into three different beings? Aren't you glad that you know that our God is one? Praise God. And the Bible says, and thou shalt love the Lord, in verse number five, thy God, with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Praise God. And these words in verse number six, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. Come on, folks. It's not just getting them off of a page. That's the first thing that we're doing. That's why we talked about knowing God's word. I'm not silly enough to realize that if you don't know God's word, it's hard to hide the thing in your heart. But praise God, once you begin to know what God's word says, praise God, this is the, this is the thing that you and I must take it a step further. And we must say, God, I want these things to be absorbed in my heart in Jesus' name. Can you just lift up your hands right now and ask the Lord to help you with that? Come on, I believe he's here tonight to cause that to happen in Jesus' name. Come on, our God is a good God. Our God's an awesome God. Our God wants to teach us how to live. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to help you to have a pattern in life that you can live by and that you know will not fail in the name of Jesus. Come on, our God never fails. I feel the Holy Ghost right now ministering to somebody. Our God never fails. Mankind's going to fail. You and I, we're going to come short on some days. But 
praise God, you and I serve a God that has a word that forever is established in heaven, praise God. And now it has the opportunity to be established. Ooh, my goodness, I feel some depth here. I hope that there's some depth online tonight. I hope somebody here online is receiving this in the name of Jesus and that God's word is beginning to be alive in your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. My goodness, what a good God you and I serve. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift up those hands right now. Give him praise for his word in the name of Jesus. Oh, I do believe that. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. So what you've just experienced here in the last few minutes is you've experienced what it takes to please God. He just, let, he just communicated that to you through his word. And so you and I, we must get good at not only knowing God's word, but taking that word and hiding it in our hearts. I know that sounds like a simple concept, but folks, if we got all kinds of other things that are competing for that, no wonder we struggle with that. But if we can make up our minds, praise God, that God, your word is going to get priority. Your word is going to get priority in my mind. I'm going to rinse out my brain every day, praise God, with a good dose of your word in the name of Jesus. I don't know if any of you are, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that some of you are listening to the word of God. I hope that you make that a habit. I'm telling you something, reading it's good, studying it's good. But boy, when you listen to the word of God, I did it again today while I wrote, while I wrote But I did that again today while I was riding my bike for 20 miles, praise God. I listened to the Word of God all the way through that. I got through almost 20 chapters. Amen. Now, I don't have them memorized, but I'm going to tell you something. I got through half of the Gospel of John, and then I got all the way up to the, to the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. And I didn't have anything. Um, well, I was doing something. But the bottom line is it was there. It was available for me. I didn't have to pay anything for that. Randy, I didn't have to give God, you know, a $20 down payment for that. He just let me do that for free. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Yeah, I felt pretty physically good after riding 20 miles. But I'm going to tell you something. My brain felt pretty good after listening to the Word of God for an hour. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Look at your life. Begin to examine what you're doing in your life and see if there's places that you can begin to insert this every week. And you're going to, I'm going to tell you something, you will never, ever regret it in Jesus' name. You won't, praise God. Don't try to impress people with God's word. Just learn how to get into the habit of, of receiving that word. Receiving it, praise God, and saying, God, it's in there. And when I need it, when somebody needs an answer, praise God, I can pop up scripture and you can begin to touch people in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you something. We can get into the habit of pleasing God by hiding God's word into our hearts. The other thing that you and I must understand is that God wants to bless you he does he wants to bless your life let me give you a for instance here God's word gives us greater insight into ourselves and understanding of the world around us praise God it's always amazing to me that that these people and I don't know I have I've only met one but I, I, um, 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 I didn't, can't say I got into an argument with him, but we got into a lively discussion, okay? And he was a flat earther. 
Do we have any people here that believe that the world was flat? Good. That'll save me a lot of energy. But he, this guy was convinced that the world was flat. And that, that week when I was teaching a Bible study up at the jail, I had just gotten back from St. Louis, and I had flown in an airplane. And my first reaction to him was, you know something, guy? I said, it looked pretty round from up there where I was at. But then I thought, well, so what? That's just your opinion. But then, watch. I took him to the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Oh, don't you like scripture? I love it, praise God. If I can get it turned here. Yeah, the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah. I took him to. And, and he was ready for an argument. But I wasn't. Praise God. The scripture says in verse 21 of the 40th chapter of Isaiah, it says, Isaiah 40 and 21, it says, Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the world? And I, I, I read that scripture on purpose saying, this is older than you and I, by the way. This goes back to the beginning. And this is where you have to go sometimes to get some great understanding. And look what the next verse says. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. And you know, he never saw that before. And it kind of took the wind out of his sails. And it wasn't like I was trying to win an argument here. But the bottom line is, folks, we got answers. Come on, we don't have to sit here and wonder about some things. I believe that if we'll make a habit of putting God's word, learning God's word on a regular basis, and then making a concerted effort of hiding that word in our hearts, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I believe the answers that we need are going to be there in Jesus' name. You talk about First and Second Samuel. You think about First and Second Chronicles. You know, First and Second Kings. In the midst of those two chap or those two books, praise God. There's a situation that happened with a man named Solomon, and Solomon developed a, quite a reputation because he asked God for wisdom, and you know something? God gave him wisdom. In those first 20 years, that's what I've been able to, to come up with anyway. The first 20 years of Solomon's life were tremendous. God blessed him. And his reputation got all over the place. And all of a sudden, this queen ends up in his front door, the Queen of Sheba. And she's got some questions. Read that for yourself. The Bible says, and I don't know what, what makes this determination, but the Bible says they were hard questions. And the only thing that she walked away from that was the fact that she was in awe of what God was doing in Solomon's life. Now, I'm not comparing us to Solomon, but what I am saying is that that same awesome God that gave that man wisdom and understanding is the same God that's in this scripture today who inspired this scripture that wants to begin to give you greater understanding in the situation that you have. I'm here to tell you, folks, it's all yours. If you'll lift your hand right now and you'll begin to ask the Lord in the name of Jesus to give you some wisdom, I believe he can do that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I believe he can and I believe he will I'm telling you it's the will of God for us to know things and God wants to help us with that in the name of Jesus now my time is just about up here but I want to take you to uh, uh, Psalms 119 
I want to take you to Psalms 119, and I want to show you something here, praise God, because we're talking about hiding God's word in our heart, and I believe that's important for us to establish that principle. I do, I believe that's very, very important that we begin to establish that principle in our life. Now, it doesn't, again, it doesn't take just a casual observance to understand that that's the longest chapter in the Bible. I think 170 some odd different verses, and I mean to tell you, it's just packed full. And so, you know, for me to come and, 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 and to read that entire thing, I'm not going to do that. But here's what I want to show you in that psalm. Look at 119, Psalm 119, and let me begin reading in verse number 100. And it's all over the place in this chapter. It literally is all over the place. And let me show you this. The Bible says, the writer here is say, or the, yeah, the, the writer is saying, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. Do you see that? I don't know if you've ever saw that before, but keeping the commandments of God, doing what God wants you to do, gives you special privileges. Don't you ever forget that. And that doesn't mean you're better than somebody else. It just means you took advantage of the thing that God wanted to put in people's hearts. I'm telling you that right now. This doesn't give us bragging rights. This gives us invitation rights. And the writer is saying, I understand some things because I kept your precepts. And then he goes on to say, I have refrained or kept, it says, my feet from, uh, from every evil way that I might keep thy word. Sounds like a commitment there, doesn't it? And then it goes on to say, I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. Listen to me, folks. I'm not that great of a teacher. I just know the one that is. That's what I'm talking about. Every day you can be taught by him. Every day he can begin to influence your life in a special way. Come on, I can't emphasize that enough. That's why Paul told that young preacher, continue in the ways that you've been going all of your life. You've had a good dose of this and keep doing it in Jesus' name. Come on. And then the scripture says in verse number, uh, uh, number 102 there, it says, I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false worry, way. And then look at 105 there. Come on, read that with me, would you? Come on, everybody, read that. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path in Jesus' name. That's what it becomes in Jesus' name. And so the big thought here, folks, is the fact that, praise God, I will hide God's word in my heart and daily live it out in my life. And with those two one-two combinations, folks, I believe there's nothing that we can overcome in Jesus' name. I only took one extra minute, so you can come. Come, go on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. So 
um, the children's ministry is so excited to present to you a fundraiser that we are doing this month, and it is called the Bible Readathon. It's called the Bible Readathon. Okay, it starts tonight, and we're so excited because just like you guys said out here, God wants to hide His Word in our heart and write His Word on our heart, right? On our what? Heart. On our heart. 